Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. On today's show, the weather we've had so far has been unlike anything we've experienced before. Kevin Hirsch from saskagtoday.com has a report outlining a long-range forecast from Drew Lerner with World Weather Incorporated. Elsewhere, Todd Lewis with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture chimed in on the current weather conditions, and the U.S. Department of Agriculture released its cattle sector report. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour with Phil Spivak, you're listening to Sask Ag today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. After the break is Kevin Hirsch's report on a long-range weather forecast. This is Sask Ag today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Drew Lerner of World Weather Incorporated was the closing speaker at the Crossroads Crop Conference yesterday in Calgary. As Kevin Hirsch, Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com reports, Lerner provided some hope that 2024 will not be a serious drought year. Drew Lerner examines a range of cycles and factors to make his growing season weather forecasts. His presentation is full of charts, graphs, and maps. At this point, it appears El Nino has peaked and is weakening, with some forecasters predicting a turnaround to La Nina this spring. Lerner also considers an 18-year cycle and then looks for years with similar fall and early winter patterns to make his predictions for the year ahead. All the analysis has Lerner leaning towards 2024 being similar to 2006. He's calling for a drier than normal spring in eastern Alberta and part of western Saskatchewan. However, spring weather could be a bit wet in southern Manitoba. For summer weather, he expects a turnaround, with a large area from Edmonton to North Battleford wetter than normal, while southern Manitoba and southeast Saskatchewan could be drier than normal. Over the near term, he doesn't expect any large wet pattern in the next four or five weeks. However, if incoming systems end up being wetter than expected, that's a good omen for the year ahead. As for snowpack in the Rockies, Lerner does not expect enough snow to bring that up to normal. 
2023 was the world's hottest year on record, and a lot of observers link that to climate change and CO2 emissions. Lerner disagrees. Yes, the climate has warmed over recent decades, but he attributes the 2023 spike to the huge Hunga Tonga volcano eruption in January 2022. The eruption didn't make a lot of news because it occurred underwater in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. However, it was the largest volcano in recent history, spewing massive amounts of water vapor into the atmosphere. That, says Lerner, is the reason for last year's temperature spike. He expects the effect will be lessened in 2024. For SaskAgToday.com, I'm Kevin Hirsch. We'll continue on this weather trend as I had the chance to ask Todd Lewis with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture what his thoughts were on the current weather conditions. Keep it tuned here to 620 CKRM. Sask Ag Today will be back right after this. We're back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. A farmer near Gray, Saskatchewan, has mixed feelings when it comes to the winter we've had so far. Todd Lewis says the warmer-than-normal season on one hand is good, but on the other, it's a bit concerning. To go from record cold to record record warm in in the space of a week or ten days has certainly been uh, a a nice winter, I guess, as far as if you're feeding animals and those kind of things or trying to heat barns uh, other than the week or ten days we've had. It's been a a pretty nice year, but boy, the real part part missing seems to be precipitation. I think that's at the top of mind for everybody in Saskatchewan. I know uh, on our farm here in the Regina area, we, we have well, virtually have no snow cover even in the in the trees here in the shelter belts. You know, after the after this week, and uh, you know, to, to have uh, clear fields and and uh, you know, lots of brown dirt showing this time of year is concerning. So I think producers are are hoping that uh, this pattern starts to break down a little bit. We see see more moisture and and uh, certainly lots of moisture on the west coast and so on, and it should be great to see some of that move inland here and uh, give us some significant rainfall or snowfall here before the spring and uh, spring seeding times. But certainly our pastures and so on in western Saskatchewan really need that boost. And, and uh, so it's uh, it's been a nice winter in a lot of ways. You, you, you just kind of put the park away, but uh, it'd be real nice to have to take the raincoat out or shovel some snow. I've heard from a few producers that say, uh, you know, you don't lose a crop in December or January. Uh, you kind of feeling the same way too? That's true, but, uh, you know, as I say, lots of concern. Very very little soil moisture reserve and so on. And, you know, we're going to need some significant rain to not only uh, get the crop started, but to be able to keep it going for uh, this growing season. But lots of time yet before before uh, seed goes in the ground. But at the same time, uh, we're already into February next week, and uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be uh, time here to uh, hopefully see uh, a little bit of moisture, be it snow or rain, you're going forward. That's Todd Lewis, who farms near Gray, Saskatchewan, and is the vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Coming up next on Sask Ag Today is Ag Review with Doug Falconer, as he has the latest ag headlines. Keep it tuned here to 620 CKRM Sask Ag Today. We'll return after these messages. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. 
and My Grain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Canadian farmers may have to wait months to find out if they'll owe thousands of dollars for carbon pricing this year. Legislation designed to exempt farms from the levy on natural gas and propane remains mired in political conflict. Kyle Larkin, the executive director of the Grain Growers of Canada, says farmers have already waited for years to see if they'll get relief. All parties but the Liberals voted last year on a bill to provide an eight-year exemption on natural gas and propane used for heating and cooling farm buildings and drying grain. The Senate amended the legislation in December to limit the exemption to three years and only for propane used in grain dryers. Conservative MP Ben Lobb wants the House of Commons to reject those amendments, a motion the Liberals plan to oppose, and the Bloc Québécois may do the same. Debate on Lobb's motion alone could take weeks before yet another round of debating and voting in either the Senate or the House. Farmers in Manitoba have one less grain elevator to do business at. Parrish and Heimbecker sent emails to producers indicating that as of yesterday, its grain elevator in Strathclair would permanently close. Producers will still be able to access the crop inputs business operating out of the same location. The large steel elevator in Strathclair was built as a pioneer elevator in 1994. At the time, the elevator was the company's first high-throughput elevator. It now has a capacity of 22,000 metric tons and can handle 11,000 bushels per hour. It can also store 1,600 metric tons of fertilizer. P&H purchased the elevator from James Richardson International in 2007. The Alberta government says it's opening talks on water sharing between large water users as the province's drought situation worsens. Environment Minister Rebecca Schultz says negotiations between water license holders in three southern Alberta river basins are to start this week. She says if a severe drought occurs this summer, the voluntary agreements would see major users take less water to help others downstream. There are currently 51 water shortage advisories in that province. One county has said the energy industry won't be able to use its treated water for oil and gas extraction. The province's energy regulator has also warned producers to make plans for reduced water use. Agriculture Canada says the entire province of Alberta is under at least a moderate drought, with large sections of the south under extreme and exceptional dry conditions. Cargo movement through the St. Lawrence Seaway was up by more than 3.4% in 2023 compared to the previous year, with nearly 38 million metric tons of cargo moved through the binational system. That's according to a joint report from the Canadian St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation and the United States Great Lakes St. Lawrence Development Corporation. Of the total, grain movement was up by 5% on the year, hitting 10.4 million metric tons, with Canadian grain up by more than 11%. Dry bulk movement of agricultural supplies and construction materials topped 12 million metric tons, which was up by 5% on the year. Liquid bulk traffic was up by 3.4% at 3.6 million metric tons. 
After the longest scheduled shipping season in history, the Montreal-Lake Ontario section of the Seaway closed for the season on January 5th, with the Welland Canal closing on January 7th. France's two major farmers' unions announced today their decision to suspend protests and lift road blockades across the country in a dramatic development shortly after the French Prime Minister unveiled a new set of measures they see as tangible progress. Farmers have been protesting for days across the country to denounce low wages, heavy regulation and unfair competition from abroad. Earlier today, Prime Minister Gabriel Attal announced a new set of measures coming on top of other promises made in recent days. His speech came as convoys with hundreds of angry farmers driving heavy-duty tractors created chaos outside the European Union's headquarters, demanding leaders at an EU summit provide relief from rising prices and bureaucracy. Attal also announced 150 million euros in aid to livestock farmers and a decrease in taxes on farms being transferred from older generations to younger ones. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, I'm not sure what other words I could use to describe the weather that we've been having over the last few days, and that trend, no less, is uh, continuing with uh, warmer-than-normal weather. Yeah, I think it's one of those forecasts where you don't really need the words. You just need to uh, step outside and uh, acknowledge the fact that it's February 1st, and temperatures are not only positive, but very positive. Eight degrees this afternoon, the high. The wind is up. That is the only real issue we're dealing with today. And I, I guess we'll, we'll take a, a 30 to 35 centimeter per hour wind with a few higher gusts, too, when the temperature is eight degrees on February 1st. Uh, clear sky tonight down to around zero. And tomorrow, mostly sunny, right back up to around eight. Very little cloud cover at all today. Very little cloud cover, as I mentioned, mainly clear tonight. But tomorrow, still calling it mostly sunny. But we will see by afternoon a little bit of scattered cloudiness starting to mix in. Still a dry day, still, again, mostly sunny, uh, if not even entirely sunny for the first half. Then the cloud cover comes in a little more. Those scattered clouds start to become a little more abundant Friday night. They thicken up a little bit for Saturday. Saturday is likely still dry. By evening and through the night, we bring in the chance for some flurries or sprinkles. Temperatures, just like these next few nights, Friday night, or excuse me, Saturday night, don't drop below freezing. We, we get to four Saturday afternoon. We hold right around zero, but at zero... It can go anyway, really. It can go to rain. It can go to, to snow. It can go to a little bit of mixture when the ground gets cold. I don't think the ground cold is an issue with this one, but the possibility uh, is there as this wears on a little bit because we'll be dealing with some of these light showers for Sunday and into Monday, too. Very light amounts, and rain is favored for most of this time, starting to get a little more into snow by Monday, but temperatures remain above freezing for Sunday, 2 degrees, Monday, 2 degrees, and even next week, it'll take until the middle part of the week to really get back below the freezing mark for highs, and even then, only by a few degrees. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of period, uh, minus 9 degrees. Normal lows, minus 21. Sun rose in Regina at around 834 this morning, and the sun will set at 551 
this afternoon. Taking a look around the province, a lot of these communities are over the zero degree mark. Saskatoon plus four, Swift Current eight, Assiniboia nine, Yorkton and Melville plus one, Mooseman four, Weyburn five, and Estevan three degrees. The hot spot in the province is in Maple Creek once again at 11.8, and the cold spot in Collins Bay again at minus 4.6. In Regina, sunshine, southeast wind at 23 to 36 kilometers an hour, humidity at 76%, the temperature is at 4 degrees or 39 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 101.2 and falling. In Moose Jaw, also sunny, east-southeast wind at 22 kilometers an hour, the temperature is 6 degrees. Again in Regina, sunshine, southeast wind at 23 to 36 kilometers an hour. The temperature is at 4 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com The rebuilding of the U.S. beef cattle herd has not started yet. Yesterday, the U.S. Department of Agriculture released a report on the national cattle populations as of January 1st. It was the smallest U.S. cattle inventory since 1951 with 34 of 50 states reporting year-over-year inventory declines. Shaley Shagam is a USDA Livestock Market Analyst. The number of cattle on January 1st was just under 87.2 million head, which was down 2% from 2023. Producers uh, indicated that they had 28.2 million head of beef cows, which was down 2%. If we look at the number of heifers which are being retained for beef cow replacement, they were just under 4.9 million head, which was down about 1%. We also had an indication of the number of heifers which were not being kept for addition to the herd, and that was just under 9.6 million head, down 2% below a year ago. He continues with the steer, bull, and calf numbers. The number of steers was 15.8 million head, down about 2%. The number of bulls was about 2 million head, unchanged from 2023. And the number of calves under 500 pounds was just under 13.3 million head, 3% below a year ago. We also got an indication that 2023 calf crop was 33.6 million head, down 2% from a year ago. Dennis Smith with Archer Financials says zero heifer retention and smaller size calves than expected is bullish for both feeder and live cattle futures. Coming up next on Sask Ag Today, we'll hear again from the chief agricultural editor of saskagtoday.com, Kevin Hirsch, as he interviewed a person from Ag Days in Brandon, the president of My Precision Ag to be expected. We'll hear more of that right after the break. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com 
Many older models of farm equipment can be retrofitted with new technology, specifically technology that allows variable rates. At Ag Days in Brandon, one of the presenters was Matt Yannick, president of My Precision Ag based out of Rokenville, Saskatchewan. The company works with farmers on equipment upgrades. Yannick says before investing in an upgrade, a producer should evaluate whether the existing machine has sufficient size as in a good enough repair to warrant the expenditure. If that's the case, more and more upgrade kits are becoming available. Every company out there pretty much is making kits for older machinery, current, current machinery, everything, everything in between. Every year there seems to be more and more stuff available, whether it's just a simple auto steer system or a full nozzle by nozzle control system on a sprayer. There's more and more options every year for those types of technologies. I noticed you didn't sound like you're a big fan of the WAS free GPS signal. You, you think that uh, that, that service, that free service for GPS control is going to get less and less reliable? Over the last few years, we've seen the reliability of it really falter. And we've been upgrading our customers more and more ourselves to better accuracy signals because the more accurate the signal is on your machine, the better everything just works in general because that GPS signal that's coming into your receiver is being used by all the technology on that machine. So if you're not giving your machine a fighting chance with a poor signal to start with, you're not going to get the results you want. I would suspect a, a lot of the requests you get for, for information and consulting is, uh, please, I want to upgrade my current seating equipment to variable rate. For sure, we get that question a lot. We get it on units from even back in the 80s. We have priced out and worked with customers on pretty much every model and brand of tank out there. Some units, yeah, for sure, you can't. There's nothing currently available without a lot of major reconfiguration and spending a lot of money to do it. But some kits, some tanks out there, there's plug-and-play kits are very easily installable kits to do it and every year more and more people want to get into variable rate so we find this is a great secondary option instead of them just having to go and spend half a million dollars on a new air tank. On sprayers, uh, obviously people looking for uh, sectional control, uh, maybe even individual nozzle control, you, you almost need the, the pulse width modulation system to, to make some of these changes? If you want to be as efficient as possible, you definitely want a pulse width modulation system on the sprayer. That's going to give you individual turn compensation and individual sectional control on your sprayer, getting the most accurate spray application you can with that unit, getting the best input savings, saving on chemicals, saving on double spraying, getting crop burn, making sure that your corners that have may have maybe over become overpopulated with weeds due to underspraying. You're going to get those those areas under control, and it's one of the biggest benefits you can put on any sprayer out there. Pulse width modulation is, is almost uh, necessary if you're going to get a, a boom recirculation system? Yep. Pretty much every boom recirculation kit out there, you want a pulse width modulation system so that the solenoids at the nozzle body can prevent the chemical from going through the nozzle as you're recirculating at a higher pressure. So typically if you're recirculating, recirculating at anything over 20 PSI, if you just had a conventional sprayer with check valves, your sprayer would start spraying and the recirculation kit wouldn't work at all. What's the advantage of the recirculation kit? So 
So recirculation, the biggest advantages are when you're priming your boom, you have zero, zero chemical waste and you know when you start spraying, you have fully mixed hot chemical in the boom going on the plant, going on the ground to start with. You're not worrying about having a mist at the start of the field or trying to double spray that strip at the start. You're a lot more efficient when you are rinsing out your sprayer. And if you're you're gonna reduce chemical buildup in your booms, you're gonna prevent chemical cross-contamination and maybe cause crop damage due to that without having more buildup in your booms. For any new system you've installed, uh, you better uh, learn it and maybe uh, practice with it before you actually get out in the field in, in the heat of battle. For sure, as long like everything, the more you use it, the more comfortable you are with it. If you get comfortable with it ahead of time, you test it ahead of time, your season's going to go a lot smoother. You're not going to have major, major headaches like you possibly could if you're not trying it until the day you need it. I've seen it too many times where even on new machinery, guys will, they won't test until they're going to the field and they're in a panic already and then start stuff starts going wrong that could have been prevented by being proactive and, and testing it ahead of time. Matt Yannick of My Precision Ag spoke with SaskAgToday.com's Chief Agricultural Editor, Kevin Hirsch, at Ag Days in Brandon. Coming up next on Sask Ag Today is the market update. Keep it tuned here. We'll be back right after these messages. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. Durham is down $3.67 at $4.3401. Canola is down $7.40 at $5.6502. Flax is up $15 to $6.0604. Yellow Peas is down $46.77 to $3.9205. And number one Red Spring Wheat is up $0.79 cents at $3.1543. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley, 232.58. Chickpeas, 1168.44. Lentils, 759.50. Oats, 290.32. And feed wheat, 238.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down half a cent at $6.91.75 a bushel. Up next is the Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. Producers, Junior for Heartland Livestock through the York with your market report for the week of January 31st. Real nice run on offer here this week with 2516 in the sort, 527 cows for a total of 3043 on offer. On the feeder market this week with nine major order buyers and buyers row, our market was on fire with all classes being steady to higher by 10 to 15 cents. Here are a few highlights. Buckskin steers, 640 at 380, 498 at 445, and the 710 weights at 360. On the block steers, 496 at 445, 637 at 375, and the 708 weight block steers at 360. Red X steers, 496 at 448, 645 at 376, and 795 at three and a quarter. On the after trade, Buckskin stick heifers, 570 at 357, 640 weights at 324. On the block heifers, 563 at 360, 640 is at 330. And on the red X heifers, 562 at 350, and the 640 weights at 315. 
On the cow and bull trade, we saw 500 cows average $1.30, which is 13 cents higher than last week. D1, D2 cows, 125 to 136, sales to 140. D3 cows, 112 to 122. And on your light shelly cows, 74 to 95. They have frets, 165 to 228. Mature bulls, 110 to 164, averaging $1.47. Producers, bread cow sale Friday, February 2nd, 11 a.m. 225 cows on offer with 120 cow reduction of exotic cross cows bred Samatol and Charlie for March, April calving. Plus some smaller herd dispersal black cows bred black for April calving. For more information, give us a call at 783-9437. Also, pre-sorts every week, so call ahead and get your cattle booked in with delivery times Monday 8 to 4 and Tuesday 8 to 4. Once again, this is Virginia for HLS Yorkton. Thank you and have a great day. The latest pork prices are at $178.82 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. The Canada Energy Regulator has issued its reasons for approving Trans Mountain Corporation's revised pipeline variance application. The regulator says it found that approving the application with four conditions is in the public interest. This was based on new inspection commitments and a demonstration of quality management processes from Trans Mountain. The Crown Corporation has run into problems drilling through hard rock in B.C. and asked to use a different size of pipe for the location in question. Over to the markets, the TSX is up 59 points at 21,081. The Dow was up 217 points to 38,367. Oil is up 89 cents at $76.74 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is trading at 74.80 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Egg Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's going to do it for Thursday's edition of SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have Have yourself a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.